What a downer. I know you really brought it. You brought us down. That how was did, how you. did I do that? Because you were I just like brought up, I just brought up Friends. No, Friends you were is like, a great show. No, you brought up Chandler. You were like, what do you think about Chandler? It's just it's sad. I said chandelier. <laughs> I said, what do you think about this Chinandler chandelier? Bong? Did you bring up Chandelier Bong? <laughs> <laughs> you misheard me, and you just took it down a bad road, man. This is Our Daily Red, a podcast during which we drink a bottle of red wine. Question. Does it always have to be red? Talk about something we've read today. Question. Can it be an audiobook? Just asking for a spouse. And get into a provocative conversation without blowing up our marriage. Question. Should we really be doing this? That's Ashley. And he's Barker. And the kids are, I think, in bed, maybe, hopefully. I think they're in bed. The youngest one is making cat sounds from her bed up the stairs. Purring or meowing? No, like from her book, Cat Kong. So she's making uh. loud cat sounds. We are drinking Joseph Druen Bourgogne 2020. This is 100% Pinot Noir. Ooh, I made you have to say French words again. I don't know. Did I say it right? No, but it's okay. How would you say it? How did I How did I mess that one up? Well, it's Druen, uh, and then it's Bourgogne. But it's okay. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Gun? Yeah. Here's the deal. Like G-U-N? Closer to that than gone or gone or yeah, is yeah. Is that what this podcast is going to be? Is you just trying to teach me how to pronounce things in French? We. Oui. <laughs> we <Oui> what? <laughs> We're going to do what? Exactly. Ha <laughs> um, ha. No, the thing about... The thing about why you can screw it up with Druen is because the Duran family is a French winemaking family, but they also have an operation. So they're, they're a Bur- Burgundy. Burgundy in France is where they make their wine, mostly Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, that kind of thing. But they also were one of the very first families to uh, to come out to Oregon because they recognized the Oregon wine country before it was wine country, Oregon terroir was very similar to Burgundy. So they were one of the first houses to establish a winery in the Willamette Valley of Oregon. So they have not just Joseph Duran in France, but they have Domaine Duran in uh, Willamette. And since they're in the United States, we're going to pronounce shit like we pronounce it, fuckers. And it's going to be Peanut Noiri. Borgogne. 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 Yeah, exactly. Well, I so I <laughs> so I downloaded the tasting note sheet, which is interesting. Like this looks like a real legitimate uh, winemaker because they've got a whole website just on this one bottle, and they have a sheet here, and it says optimal consumption two to eight years. So we're drinking this in 2023, so it's three years. Aging potential, 10 years. I don't know about you, but like 10 years for a Pinot Noir out of France, that's not it's not very long, right? Is it? it, it it's fine. Uh, you know, Pinot is not one of the grapes that is meant to last a long time in a cellar. Uh, I mean, if you, don't, if, you, if you consider... 10 years not to be a long time. A lot of people would. A lot of people would say 10 years is a really long time to hold a wine. But when you think about the the ones that will last for decades and decades, you're talking about Bordeaux varietals. You're talking about Cab Sauve, Cab Franc, you know, those kinds of things. Pinot Noir is not meant, it is, it's, not, it's not possible to last that long, really. It's just not. It's too delicate of a grape. Uh, it's got to be about, maybe it just doesn't have as much sugar content. Because I think it's the sugar that can sit for... I'm totally making this up. Yeah, now you're talking science and I don't know it. Okay. I can't offer any... I think it has to do with the sugar content. Um, I will tell you, this this particular... This is a... this is So, Joseph Duran has a wide range of wines. This is a more mass market, drinkable blend it is something we get at our local grocery store for like 20 bucks well no 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 like 25 on sale it's a little bit more it's, it's, it's closer to a 30 dollar i'm gonna 
to tell you, I bottle. think drinkable is questionable. This wine is not hitting it for me. Really? It does not slap, as the kids would say. It doesn't really have any flavor to it. It's just kind of bitter. I also made you an extremely uh, salty soup tonight, and you were like, yeah, it was fine. My yeah. palate's different. I was like, ugh, this is salty. This is really salty. I, I so my, maybe you got something going on with I your palate. palate's... Well, it's just fucking cold. It's just like come back again. So anyways, maybe that's it. Because like the tasting notes on this are all about it being like... Yeah, tell char- me what it says. Yeah, the tasting notes from... I'm going to assume we pronounce her name Veronica, but it's French. So it's like it's, Veronique. Yes, Veronique. Uh, of the Druen family. Uh, a wine full of charm. Mm-hmm. Bright ruby color. Ugh, she spells color with a U. And a no. <laughs> Again, I say we're drinking this in the United States of America. Ugh, God, they should have like an American English translator on this. Bright ruby color. And a nose rich with aromas of red fruit, which includes raspberry, red currant, wild strawberry. On the palate, the wine is pleasant, fruity, and refreshing with light tannins and great elegance. Yeah, I'm not getting that. And if you don't detect any of this, you're a dilettante. I'm a dilettante, apparently. I didn't know how to pronounce her name. Veronique. Uh, no, I, I'm not getting much, to be honest. Wow. Just throw your phone down I on did. the table. I'm like annoyed with those with Thanks. that tasting. The sheet. sound editor. That's me. Thanks you so much. Well, it'll be a nice demarcation to understand where this is within the conversation. Anyways, so I will say I'm not feeling this wine. And now I'm feeling it less because the word color came with color. a U in it. Color. What's the other one they do with a U? Uh, uh, well, humor. Glamour. No, no not, not glamour humor. has a U for us, too. Glamour. Glamour. The one that always gets me is with the R-E instead of an E-R. Oh, my gosh. That reminds me. Uh, Ashley barely made it into her shoulder to cough into her sweater thing. Uh, our 10-year-old that today decided to cough aggressively across an entire uh, <sighs> champagne cake. Oh my god! Uh, all the so frosting, gross. and taint it with her respiratory droplets. Yeah, she's had a cough for like forever now, and just as I just cough, hack, hack, cough, gross, painful sounding cough right across the entire cake. Ugh, so disgusting. And like, I was like, fine, you get a slice. The rest of us aren't going to eat this tainted cake now and can you imagine that you're like you're like great thanks for ruining the cake nobody else can eat it now i'll give it to you because it's your respiratory droplets here have a piece of cake like and then do you even want that cake anymore no like, i think she came be- out here and i think she just like sat and cried while and then she the finally cake. ate it i've, I've i finally did. heard the fork hitting the plate Tibby, she ate it. our five-year-old she stood there and i said do you want any of this cake and she's like no i don't want this cake so i tried to make do but I mean, to be honest, so this, so for our listeners who heard me talk about this in the podcast, I don't know, a couple editions ago, whatever, where I said I was going to test out the champagne cake, see what would work for the school auction. I did the, the test cake, the test version of it. That's what the kids tried. It was a lot of learnings. I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, what makes it a little bit. And I don't know if this is a new thing or if it's just something I'm more sensitive to, but I can taste now food coloring. And I don't know if it's always been like that or if I'm just using more industrial food coloring because I'm... I don't know. I think you should really query yourself here because you're tasting food coloring, or at least you think you are. You are not tasting a super salty dish I served to you, and now you're saying this... Red wine has like no nothing for you, so something's going on. I think you are the common denominator here. Do I have COVID? All right, like like I'm going to rip a fart and tell me if you can smell it. I'm sorry, I can't do that on on command. (laughs) I was like, what if I could do that on command? What if you could just do that on command? That would be like people could in my college fraternity. What like 
well, not my fraternity days, but for fraternities I went to. That's disgusting. What? You went, like you visited. I would hang out at a certain fraternity house more than others. And there was somebody there who could rip a fart on command. Yes. I feel like that's one of those things that you wish, like, how do I monetize this? Like your talent. Like oh. your talent where you can tell, like, in an instant, uh, a celebrity voice. Like, yes. oh, on this, oh, no, the big one. Sorry, not to bring up Fraser again, everybody. But they used to have call-ins. Like a, yes. someone would call into Frasier on his radio show, and they were always celebrities. Most people don't know that. But there was like there were always celebrities calling in, uh, talking to Frasier, and you would only hear their voice. And you'd be like, that's Cloris Leachman. Like what? Or I, Macaulay Culkin. Or Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. And then or, or, or something on The Simpsons. Marlo where they're Thomas. Like, they're like, oh, who's voicing that person on The Simpsons? And you're not even in the same room. You're not even watching it. So you have no context. You're like, <gasps> I think I think that's Goldie Hawn. I'm like, how did you? Let's look it up. Holy shit, that's Goldie Hawn. How did you know that? What was the one that was really impressive the other day? Oh, oh, the Beckham Netflix documentary. Oh, oh, the new Beckham thing on yes. whatever service it's on. On Netflix. It's Netflix, really? It's on Apple? Whatever. The Beckham documentary. Yeah, so, so what what voice did you hear? So I was hearing the director's voice, and he's never on camera. He's oh, off camera. Oh, that's right. And it was the scene where he's in the kitchen with Beckham and Beckham's making like coffee or tea or he's making him something and he's talking about how he's a clean freak and the director's like, oh, sorry, do you want me to clean the mug? And I said, I said to you, I said, that sounds like the dude who played the comms director in Succession. The guy who has the really narrow neck and the bubbly face. Yeah, he's that actor that you've seen in lots of stuff, yes. but you don't know his name. Don't know his name. And he's not been in, he's never been a leading guy. And yeah, I guess the only way I would be able to place him is like, yeah, he was a communications guy on the HBO show Succession. Yeah. And, and I, I was like, what? why is that a voice you would know? That's not an iconic voice. That is not like Tom... Uh, Hanks, that's not, you know, that's not an iconic voice. No. But you were like, that's who I think that is. And we looked it up and sure as shit, that's who it was. It was And crazy. I still don't know the guy's name. I don't Fisher know his name. Fisher Stevens. Is it really Fisher Stevens? Fisher something. Fisher Stevens. I think it's Fisher Stevens. Anyways, that was It's uncanny. And we've thought crazy. from time to time, like, she is, you are so good at this. You are so good at detecting a voice that you've heard. It, I, I can't even say celebrity voice because this guy, this guy, for example, the comms director on Succession, he's not like a celebrity. Like that's well, a- the one that was the most, the one that was most striking to me, to to your point, was not a celebrity. It was the guy who was the founder of Common Sense Media. Uh, something Steyer. He was Tom Steyer's brother. Tom Steyer's brother. Yeah, something. And something Steyer, I, Bob had, Steyer, I had Jim done. An, I had interviewed with him to lead comms for Common Sense Media when we lived in San Francisco. And I had had an interview with him. I wouldn't even say it was an interview because he, like, it was so weird. It was, it was a bit, it was. Don't digress if it's not savory. No, I mean, it wasn't like unsavory, but it was, he was definitely like, hey, I don't think you're qualified for this position because that was back in 2013, 2014. Yeah. And he goes, but you have a super fascinating background. I just wanted to meet you. Like, I just wanted to get a better sense of who you were. Like, okay. So we sat and had a conversation. Two or three days later, I'm listening to KQED, which is the NPR affiliate in the Bay Area. And I hear this voice. And I was like, that's the dude from Common Sense Media. I didn't even hear what he was talking about because I had a baby crying in the backseat. (laughs) Ellis. Uh, but I, I recognized the voice and then as soon as they were like, and that was so-and-so Steyer. I cannot remember this guy's first name. It was Jim or Bob. I'm going to say it was Jim. I think Jim. Jim Steyer. Yeah. That sounds right. It was like, that was, you know, and he probably went by like James. That was like James or Jim Steyer with Common Sense Media. And I was like, oh my God. I like freaking, but the voice that I can pinpoint almost immediately every time without seeing the face, is Winona Ryder. Her voice is so distinct. 
talked about this over the years is how do you monetize? This is clearly a talent. It's clearly something, and it might be like an athlete, something that you're only good at now while your ears are young and fresh. Maybe it tails off. How do we monetize this now? And I think the only thing we've kind of come up with is like, like the NSA or the CIA, like, could What's you, that? could they, could they train you on, you know, uh, terrorists, vo- known terrorists voice Probably. files? And even if you don't know the language, could you learn their voice profile and then eavesdrop in on conversations and say, that is definitely so-and-so Al something, something. I know it's him. I can tell. Like, because your level of confidence is huge and your level of accuracy like you've never been wrong you've never been wrong you have said from time to time oh i can't place it and it's driving me crazy but every time you've been like boom that's who it is you've been absolutely accurate and again i say these are not for well-known known voices that you and i and everybody else would know these are like randos they're randos that you i mean even the one that we last night when we were watching spirit away the Studio Ghibli movie, I didn't say it out loud because I was like, oh, I don't want to be wrong, but the guy of the voice of Haku was the same dude who was the voice of Thackeray Binks in Hocus Pocus. That's insane. Nobody knows the voice of Thackeray Binks. Nobody knows that kid's voice. Especially, especially like 20 years removed, right? Because yeah. now he's talking about... Uh, uh, you know, being an adult where there and then he was like, whatever, 18, 19, 20 year olds, whatever he was, 16. Well, it's challenging because Spirit Away came out and I looked it up. It was 2001. Oh, okay. And okay. Hocus Pocus came out in 92, 93 or Okay. Something. So he was still a younger yeah. guy, but not the same. Not, but yeah. You know, eight. The one that I'm mad about, the one that I'm upset that I did not place was the voice of... So our oldest daughter is really into Avatar, The Last Airbender. She... And I don't know how many people have seen it. We didn't know about it up until six months ago. And now it's completely dominated our life. This is a Nickelodeon cartoon that aired sometime in the time of 2005. But there was a character in the show... And I would hear his voice and I'd be like, God, that guy's voice is so familiar, but I couldn't figure it out. And then when I finally looked it up, because there's a podcast out now, it was the voice of, oh my God. Rufio. Rufio from Hook. Does anybody remember Rufio? And I was like, how did I not recognize Rufio's voice? Oh wait, are you saying you didn't remember it? I couldn't I couldn't place it. I couldn't place oh, it. Oh, that's rough. It was so disappointing. And then that's when I looked it up and I was like, "Of course that's Rufio." Rufio. How Rufio. did Rufio? Oh. Oh my gosh, he got so like ass hurt when when Pan came back and he realized he wasn't the man anymore. He like he really didn't handle that well. No. You know, that so I know Steven Spielberg has talked often about how that was a a low point in his career. Oh, that really? movie. Yeah. He's often said that if he were to go back and redo that film, he would make a lot of different decisions, which I think is kind of sad because I think there's a lot of us from that time where it's just it. There are moments that are kind of cringy, but I would say for the most part, I loved it. I love that movie. I don't know how he would make it different. Some of I it mean, seems pretty low budget for Spielberg. Look. For sure. I liked it. I do think there were choices that were made because of when it came out. For example, like the focus on skateboarding and the random skateboarding through the Lost Boys camp. Yes. That was kind of, it was almost like putting a Coke That's can. That's so funny you picked that up as like a former skateboarder because I never would have thought about that. Yeah, I remember thinking, that's that's cheesy. You're just doing that because it's zeitgeisty. It's like, oh, skateboarding's popular now. But by the way, it wasn't the next few years. Like, and then, like, like again, it'd be like putting, like, a like a pogo ball. Do you remember pogo balls? No. What's they're, pogo ball? They were these, like, inflatable balls 
like think, imagine a basketball that had like a Saturn-like disc around it, and your job was to stand on that Saturn-like disc and then jump up and down on this oh, ball. Oh yes, I do Poke remember balls. that. Yeah, so that's a, what it was called. It was they were called pokeballs. Yeah, oh. so it was like a fad. Can you imagine putting that in that movie? And you're like, man, who who's paying us money? It would to be put like putting it in a skip it. Do you remember yeah, Skip It? Same same exact idea. Like Skip My It. My sister like, had a Skip It. Like it, it it it's like it's like almost like product placement. Now I I get that skateboarding has transcended that, but the pogo ball didn't. And at that time, at that Could've. time, maybe if it had gotten some Spielberg treatment. <laughs> exactly. Maybe, maybe it had been in. Maybe Steven Spielberg saved skateboarding. Yes, maybe. <laughs> People saw it in Hook and they were like, shit, this is legit if the Lost Boys are doing this in Neverland. If Rufio's doing it. (laughs) Oh, man. If what what the world would be like if Spielberg had put in Pogo Ball in Hook instead of the skateboard. All I can say is FBI, NSA... CIA. CIA, if you're listening to this podcast. Illuminati. Illuminati. Uh, what was the Catholic? No, I don't want to work for Knights of people. Columbus. No, no, no. No, it was the people that was in the like Da Vinci Code where they wore the hair shirts. Oh, the Oedipus. Oedi- Oedi- no, not, not Oedipus. Oedipus. It's something like that. It has an O. It's something in, yeah. Anyways, um, I don't want to work ominous. for them. Something Rex. <laughs> I love that you've gone from Oedipus to ominous. I don't think that's any of those people. Anyways, I'm close. I'm I don't want to work for those people. It's like an O-E word. And, it, and we did go to one of those churches when we were in Austria. Remember when we were in Vienna? Oh, that's right. When we did Christmas Eve in Vienna, we were at one of whatever that Catholic sect is. But we didn't see anybody like flogging themselves or like tightening like spikes around their thigh. I wish that would have been cool. Oh, Anyways, um, so for those uh, military intelligence organizations, if you're listening to this podcast, just know I'm very good at detecting voices and an ability not to be replaced by AI. Oh <sighs> damn it! It's gonna be replaced by AI. Yeah, man, you should be Whatever. in like you should have done this like in World War II. Yes. You would have been like the, the Navajo code talkers. I would have been a code talker. Yeah. For sure. Oh. Dang it. I really miss my generation. Yeah, you missed your calling. I think I would have been an excellent member of the greatest generation. I think I would have been. <laughs> you think we would have been, you would have been a great member I, of the greatest I would have generation? Been, actually, I think I would have been better the generation before with the flappers and the like, whatever. But I think the greatest, like if I had been during World War II, for sure, I would have been a code talker. But I don't, I'm not like Navajo. So we're Dovey, as they call them. Selves. Oh, what they call themselves? They have a different name within the Navajo language. I think it's Davi, D-A-V-I. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. Navajo. Is that where, speaking of Spielberg, is that where he got, no, was it Spielberg? No, it's not. Who did, who did, James Cameron. Is that where he got the Navi from uh, uh Maybe it's not Avatar? V. Maybe your question, you're making, they have a different name. But basically, Navi. From what I understand, and I could be super wrong on this, and Probably someone are. listening to this podcast is like, whoa, that lady's dumb. I don't think we have any Navajo listeners. But my understanding is that Navajo is the language, and Navi, Davi, whatever, they, they, that's the name of their people. It would be like, we're American, but we speak English. Okay. But we're not English, which is why we don't put use in the word color. <laughs> <laughs> that goes, extra, it's, it's superfluous. It's like a... That goes out to all my British listeners. And there uh, are. There are many. Yeah, we have a few. They like me over there. I'm uh, international. Are you sure it's you, not me? I'm positive it's me. Although, although I would say I have gotten some comments from listeners that have said, you sound really cool and they'd like to hang out with you. 
Wait, you've been withholding this for me? Yeah. I wasn't going to tell you that. You have listener comments that people want to hang out with me? Yes, but I'm not going to tell you that shit. But you just did. Well, for the pod. I'm not going to tell it to you. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, babe, good morning. How's it going? Guess what? I got a note. Someone says that they really like you. Are these commenters good looking? Are they attractive? They're and men. Young. Okay. Okay. Is That's that not your... a deal breaker. <laughs> okay. Well, good to know. I'm just saying, is it code for I want to hook up with that guy? I don't think so. Okay. I think they just want to drink wine with you. I don't discriminate. I will drink wine with almost anybody. Um, I'm aware of that. So, have you read anything good today that you want to talk about? Well, you know what I've been reading the last... Oh, God damn it. Five days. Yes, I know what you've been reading and like weeping over, even though you already know the damn story. You've read it before. You've watched the movies. Why are you getting to the end of a book and still crying about it when you I know it's... It's so good. All right. I have restarted the Hunger Games series. I had forgotten how fucking amazing those books are. But the I thing love is, them we, so much. We just rewatched the first two or three movies and then then you started the books. Yes. So you it's very fresh in your mind the storyline oh. and then you get to the end of a book and you're crying I'm like we just watched that like 3 days ago. Because the emotions are different. They're so good. The story of Peta is so much more complex in the books. And there's so much more internal di- because the books are all told from Katniss's perspective. So it's her inner dialogue. It's her going through PTSD. It's her questioning, does she love Peta? Does she love Gail? Like, what is the process here? The books are so good. They're so rich. I love them so much. It's it's like in a way that, in and I love the movies. I don't think the movies are bad. But the movies can't even begin to encapsulate how amazing the writing is from Suzanne Collins. Oh, I love the book so much. Anyways. I have not read a single <sighs> sentence of any of those books. I've You're watched all the movies, so, so I can't comment. But is the writing really that good? I love them. Is it good? So Suzanne Collins, who wrote the books, was also, in my book most notably, a screenwriter slash producer for Clarissa Explains It All. Are you kidding me? No, I'm being serious. We all got to start somewhere. Well, I think it's great because she clearly has demonstrated throughout her career that she feels very strongly about independent teenage girls who are working to show their independence. They have intelligence. They have relationships so with maybe boys people that don't are romantic. Know, Clarissa Explains It All was a teen or pre-teen t- TV show on the Nickelodeon network. Is that right? Yes. That would come on like afternoons. Like, yeah, after and, school. And it starred Melissa Joan Hart. And the only reason I know it, because I was like a pubescent boy at that time. And I thought Melissa Joan Hart was sexy as F. You and I were watching it for very different reasons. I was really into her. And she did this, like, it was about, just about family life and her, her jerk little brother. Ferguson. But then, but then she would break the fourth wall and talk direct to camera. It was one of the first times that people, that shows did that. It was pretty progressive. It, yeah. I mean, then what what came next was Allie McBeal for adults where she broke that fourth wall. Well, but what like, you have what to else? remember is that, like, Real World was also breaking fourth wall. That was one of the first shows because they... It the was Real a re- World? You mean like the MTV thing? Yeah. Oh, that was reality TV. That's I, different. That's different. There was nothing else like it at the time. I know. This they was, were this breaking a- the fourth wall. That was a big deal. Well, no be- other... There were First of all, before Real World... There was no other reality television show. Real world was it. And the fact that they had them sit down and talk straight to camera was was massive. That's weird that you had that perspective because I just thought about it. It was, it was like a like a mini documentary. And in documentaries, people always talk direct to camera. I thought this is real stuff. People talk direct to camera in documentaries. 
Whereas no, That's this true. this was a sitcom. This was like a a. That's true. You know, like this was, unsolved mysteries. They would do that. But yeah, the people. But the problem was in documentaries. They were never actually part of the action. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those are real people. Of course, they're going to talk directly to the camera and talk to. But this was a fictional. Clarissa was not a yeah. real person. Clarissa was. Clarissa, darling. Was a character played by Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. And. And she then would turn and talk directly to me, like a another teen or preteen, whatever it is. I was like, oh shit, like maybe I have a relationship with this fictional character. That, yeah. that was the difference. Like, and, and I and I would say that that transcends within Suzanne Collins writing because she treats the reader with a lot of respect. She doesn't, you know, you're very in on Katniss's thought process, which is like, I don't know what to think about this or I'm questioning my perception and do I understand what President Snow I mean like you're in it with her you're not just kind of gleaning over it no one's treating you like you're an idiot reader you're there through the process similar to if you are a viewer with Clarissa Darling like you're with her as she's scheming to fuck over Ferguson over like bathroom breaks or so whatever. Who's the greater heroine, Katniss or Clarissa? I mean, I I would say that Clarissa is the precursor to Katniss. Their names are even kind of similar if I think about it. There was this thing that happened when I was younger, and I don't even know where this came from, but there was some sort of like preteen teenager rumor that Melissa Joan Hart was a nymphomaniac and that got me going obviously uh and then and then it came out that she was like friends with Soleil Moon Fry who played Punky Brewster yeah and that got me going on another level I had a lot of thoughts about this oh when I was a young lad my real thoughts about Clarissa (laughs) were I loved her wardrobe I loved those clothes because I didn't actually watch Punky Brewster or... Yeah, you're a little too young for that. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, what was the other one with the actress that was on Big Bang Theory? Oh, B- Blossom. I didn't watch Blossom either. Oh, do you, did you ever watch um, uh, my... Uh, what was that one with like, the robot sister? What was that called? Kids... No, it was called Kid Sister. Like, oh, it was yes. like the, the, the family had a, a little girl, but she, she was, was a, robot. a robot. Yeah, she was an android. Oh. She wore pink overalls, right? Yeah, I feel like she wore like I feel like she wore like a apron or something because she, she was like a servant yeah. robot. But I don't want I mean, I know which one you're talking about, but Clarissa was. Oh, now I'm thinking about another young lady who I was really into was the young daughter from the Torkelsons. The Torkelsons. Did you oh, watch the Torkelsons? Dorothy Jane. I don't know her name. Yeah, the character name, Dorothy Jane. Yeah, I don't know the actress's yes. name. Oh, man, she was. So I I loved watch. that show uh, because they had this fantastic house that they lived, on in, lived in in the show. And she had this beautiful room with this giant bay window with the the window seating like the bench seating oh that's great i love that and she would sit there and she would talk to the moon and i loved it because she had this relate like that's how they would start and stop an episode like that's kind of how she was narrating a little bit of the episode is she was like all right moon like this is what i'm going through and blah 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 i love that i don't remember that level of detail that's a great device for a tv show i just remember being attracted to her well then remember they did the spinoff coming home which had britney murphy in it oh really yes and i'm gonna bring this full circle the brother on coming home was the actor who played the voice of thackeray binks and haku from spirited (laughs) away Full circle. Anyways, yes, I'm all about Hunger Games right now. I'm finishing the last book, The Mockingjay. Uh, I have read the ballad of The Snake and the Songbird. The movie's about to come out. 
I didn't like the book as much and the movie is getting kind of mixed reviews and I would say it's it's it kind of makes sense to me because the book is a little bit challenging. I wouldn't say I hated the book, but it was definitely a case in which it's like, uh, there's a lot going on. And I read the variety review of the new Hunger Games movie and and they even said this would have been better as a two-parter or a mini mini like a short like streaming series. Mm. And I 100% agree, it absolutely would have been better as like a TV miniseries. Well, most things that are written, you you lose a lot when you try to translate them into like an hour and a half or two hours. I don't know. 100%. I think like, if you think about even just The Shining, you have the Stanley Kubrick version, which was the feature length film, but... I mean, as much as I love The Shining with Jack Nicholson, and it, it is a classic, the book, the movie that, or the version of it that is truly, truly, truly closest to the book was the miniseries that came out in the 90s with the dude from Wings. And that was, I mean, what? That was like three, four episodes that broadcast on primetime TV. And it was phenomenal. And it was so close to the book. And it was so scary. And you still got all of the richness of Stephen King's writing, but it it required a longer it required a longer film time. That's just what it did. So I actually think for someone like Stephen King, like yeah, his his stuff is actually better as a mini series instead of feature like film. And I kind of think that about this uh, the last this Hunger Books or Hunger Games book too. It's interesting because there's so many. Uh, novels that old time novels that are were, were really like only like 190 pages, you know, 210 pages, and then they get made into you know great movies. And then I feel like now books are just all like 500 pages long because people can't edit themselves down to tell a, a story economically. And you're like, okay, well, now in order to tell that, I need to tell it in eight part series, yeah. Well, even our 10-year-old is going through that right now where she's trying to finish this book. And it's just, it's I can tell. She's, it's just like dragging. She's not into it. She's just like, oh, this book is so long. And yeah, it's over 400 pages. And 400 pages is a long book for a 10-year-old. It's and, a long book for a 40. Yeah, I, how old am I? You're 45. There you go. That guy. And I... I mean, it doesn't even look like it's that great. Let's be real. <laughs> they made it into a show. And I told I told her at this point today, I was like, can't you just skip forward and start just trying to get to it? Because she wants to finish it so she can start reading the Hunger Games series. Now, having read the Hunger Games series anew, uh, you're, out, you're on book three, right? Yeah. Having read the first two books in, in the third book new would you say it's appropriate for a 10 year old i think the I first one not. is okay when you're getting into two and three and it gets really deep into the areas of post-traumatic stress disorder and how the capital was using the victors after the games i think that's too grown up <laughs> Uh, this episode is on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, I'm flying down. Oh, yeah, that's how you said uh, crazy. Yeah. Uh... Anyway, on Wednesday, I'm flying down to San Francisco to meet some of my new colleagues, and then I'm going to maybe train or maybe car, or I don't really know, over to Sacramento to have a reunion with some people we used to work with Uh is it a, it's a 20-year reunion, isn't it? 20, yeah, 20 it's year? 20 years from when Governor Schwarzenegger was elected into office. But what I didn't realize at the time, and my friend Amelia reminded me, was that it will include like everybody who worked in his administration and on his campaigns. And that's a lot of people. Yeah. So they've now had to move the location multiple times. To larger venues. To larger venues. So now it's becoming like 
And I, I what's well, really funny, they moved it to a venue that where you used to also work also, and you used to also host large events. Yeah, I know. I'm sure it's that courtyard space where you used to stage yeah. big like events. And yes, I like I have this all envisioned in my mind of like, okay, the food's gonna be in the lobby. We're all gonna come through the entrance. The food will be there where they have the panels. That's in right. That lobby. And then you go out into the courtyard. And then you go out into the courtyard. Yeah, like I. And then they'll let everybody wander <laughs> through the exhibits. Um, yeah, but that's also kind of nice, too. Like yeah, it'll kind of fun. It'll be kind of nice to go back to my old stomping grounds. And then with my old friends, too, which will be nice. So we're kind of robbing ourselves of the uh, what you're looking forward to segment. But whatever. But well, so, so follow, I would so, also so, say I'm my, so my parents fly in uh, Wednesday afternoon. So that'll be nice to see them. Will it be nice to see them? <laughs> Am I looking forward to that? <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening to this. Uh, no, I I think it's it's like it's su- what I'm I'm it's more of not I'm looking forward to it, but that I'm super grateful for it. That I'm super grateful for my parents being able to fly up and then be able to uh, watch the girls, the dog, and the cat while we do. You don't want to talk over your pouring. Yeah. That's the- While we do this and then the auction Saturday night. I'm looking forward to the auction Saturday night and sitting with our friends at the table. Okay. That'll be Let's a wild do that. time. Let's talk about what we're looking forward to. And yes, our annual school auction for the yes. school that our kids go to. It's a big fundraiser. It's a major fundraiser of the year. And it's also... A shit show. And we say that in the most loving way possible. The school we send our kids to, and we're part of that community, has an annual fundraising auction. And it's very, very clear that the way the auction is architected is meant to get you very drunk (laughs) so that you spend a lot of money on stuff that you don't want or need and will never use. I will tell you. Let's start the list. Uh, uh, the uh, house heating and uh, air conditioning consultation that I bought. Never used it. Wait, what? We bought that? We had some kayaking excursion oh, yeah. that we never On did. Lake Union. I think we did. There was a, it was a boating or a flight or we, some sort well, of we, like, <laughs> thing, experience that we never we've did. We had the boating and the flight. We never did the flight. We did the boating. Yes, the flight was a seaplane flyover Seattle for like a very short period of time. Yeah, we we did not do that, but we bought it. We, we bought spent money it. on it. Same with the horseback riding lesson. Horseback riding lessons that we never Jesus. Like, in the moment, like, and so there's other things like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay to participate in like the poker tournament. Like I don't know how to play poker. I don't. I went like then I lost more money. Oh, you did go to it. That's right. I did go to it. But the point for that one is just to have fun. That's more of a community thing. I would say the one that we did enjoy was where we had the, we we bought the the dinner for like, what, 20 people or something? I mean, it was huge. At the priest's house. Oh, yes. And that was fun. I think that's what we should go hard in on this time. That was catered and there was a lot of, here's the thing that I love about it is, and I remember this, our first auction that we went to i was pregnant i couldn't i wasn't drinking and everyone else was like oh yeah last year there was a fight in the parking lot and but and and i was just like oh my gosh what world have we entered into and this is amazing and why am i missing out on this by being but you weren't missing out because contrary to my my last comment which is they get you drunk so you so you, you bid crazy you we're not drunk. You were pregnant and not drinking, and you were bidding crazy. I am an insanely competitive person, and it has nothing to do with alcohol. I will just always be competitive. So the point is, by next week's podcast... We may have no money for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> the girls, <laughs> we will be seeking donations for Christmas presents for our daughters. We may have spent... <laughs> An inordinate <laughs> amount of money on something we don't want, don't need, won't use. 
Oh, you know the other thing we always end up buying is our kids' class art project. Oh, we can't do it anymore. And we have like we have like we the, had two or three. They're not, and they're not great. They're not well, even really done on. by the kids. They're done by like the the, the room parents. So well, so one year it was Ellis's what second grade. I was the one who was in charge of the art project for the class. <laughs> That's right. And we did this. It was like this watercolor thing. Was, I came up with the idea. You did though. you? You got it. It was a frame. I worked with my friend Julie. We made it look like this stained glass thing. It was very pretty. The kids did a nice it's very job. Nice. I thought it was nice. If you want to hang like a cross in your house made out of old wine barrels. Some like, people do. Some people do. Some people do. But nobody that night did. Nobody that night did. So we bid on it. Yes, because nobody else was bidding on it. And I was like, holy fuck. I This can't, like the art project that I spearheaded can't be the one that goes down in flames with no bids. Like on an hourly basis, you you probably spent two grand of your time on it. How much did I buy that thing for? 700 yeah, I think it was about that, yeah. So do you know where that art project is hanging right now? It's hanging in the closet where our dog, Dharma, eats her breakfast and dinner and we <laughs> hang our coats and store our suitcases because I have nowhere else to put it. It has to go up on the wall. And it's large. It's huge. <laughs> so that's why this year when like... I just feel like we're going to get suckered into it again because now we have two kids, I know. two art projects, and no one's going to want those. Nobody wants those. You well, know how much You know how much art we have that our kids bring home? Oh my God. I just threw out a whole like bag of them. They tonight. bring home art every day. It's like an entire forest of trees. Into paper that they bring home on a daily basis. But I'm looking forward to the auction. That'll be fun. We're sitting with some friends, oh, which is great. Oh, the theme of the auction, which in recent years has been very classy, 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 classy. This year, the theme of the auction is a night in Nashville. Which we have talked about previously. Oh, we have? Yes. Oh, well, follow up. Oh, wait, we didn't go yet. Yeah, Never mind. We don't have a follow up. We've talked about that on the podcast? Yep. So those are the things that are coming up that we can follow up with later. Yep. We can give everyone a sense of how much money we spent on, spent, and what we spent money on, and if there was anything exciting from our trip down to a sack of tomatoes. And you know what? Actually, it'd be really great because we are in a little bit of a bubble with our school and this auction. Like... If other folks have experiences with their kids' schools and their fundraisers and auctions and whatnot, I'd be interested to hear what other people experience. You know, are they pressured to go get drunk and spend thousands of dollars? Uh, I would like to know. I think that's the business model. I want to hear other people's stories, and I'm talking to you, Dora. I would love to hear. (laughs) I don't think she's been listening. What? Yeah. I'll get on that. We're going to call her out. That's that's a direct marketing Dora, to do. We don't. Dora and Justin, are you listening? So they've been called out, Dora and Justin. They need to be sent an email or a text to say, we called you out. Listen. They, they at one point had volunteered to be guests of our show. Oh, that should happen. That'd be great. Uh, speaking of celebrities... Our very good friend Kelly posted some videos on Instagram with her uh, at a bar having a really good time with Cher Horowitz from Clueless. In Clueless, her name was Horowitz? Yes. She was Cher Horowitz. I didn't know that. So now I think we need to have Kelly on the podcast and find out about what she's been reading and what celebrities she's been hanging out with. And by Cher Horowitz, what you, who you mean is Alicia Silverstone. Silver That's not Stri- a real Silver, name. Silver Streak, Silver, Silver. It's Silverstone, but her real name will always be Cher Horowitz. As if. Did I do it right? Did I do it right? Did As I do it right? If. No, the one that's always the best, which is like, D, I'm outie. That was her, like, but as if was the one. 
But I think the more iconic moment is when Dee and her boyfriend start fighting at the beginning of the school day. And she's like, Dee, I'm outie. Like A-U-D-I. Of course. Obviously. You're All right. a virgin who can't drive. I can't do Brittany Murphy's New York accent. All right. Let's name all the Brittany Murphy movies. Eight Mile. Oh, yes. She was great. Oh. Clueless. Clueless, yeah. The Honeymoon. Is that what it was? The one that she was in with Ashton Kutcher? Don't know. She was in The Coming Home, the Torkelsons spinoff. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But that was a TV show. Was she in a Heath Ledger movie? Batman? Was she in Batman? No. Because no. you're confusing no. her with Maggie Gyllenhaal. I'm not. I'm just confusing her with young people who died. Those are the only three movies that are coming to my mind. And then, of course, there was the documentary that came out about her after she died. Which was How do you feel about Chandler Bing? <sighs> that one's really sad because when you know someone's been fighting addiction for a really long time, you kind of assume that they've been able to kick it forever and they'll be able to move on and have a long life and i don't i don't know if we know yet if he if there were like drugs or alcohol in his system when he they died. haven't said yet yeah and so it's just it's sad. I think there's a lot of people out there who are really, really big Friends fans. I'm not a really, really big Friends fan. Yeah. Um, but I think there's been a couple of pieces out there that I have really spoken to me about how he kind of normalized sarcasm. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, his character made—I I don't remember which outlet it was, but there was definitely a story out there that said he changed the way Americans— talk and being okay with sarcasm and uh you know in the 80s sarcasm was kind of like bitchy and bitey and shitty and it was just like kind of hard and glinty and or uh, yeah but then it's once still all of those things with you yes i would agree i'm all <laughs> of those things but his character in friends kind of made it a little bit more personable and fun and friendly and bubbly and there was kind of a softer edge to it yeah i get that and a lot of and he kind of made sarcasm more accessible and could it be any more accessible <laughs> it certainly could not be now uh i know that was always my favorite is when people would do impersonations of him on the show Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> that was yeah, always yeah, the best. So I liked him. You know, I think with all of those friends characters, I identified with elements of them. I honestly, I probably identified more with Ross and Monica more than anybody else on the show. Uh, but Chandler was definitely one that I felt kind of a kinship with because he was so sarcastic and. Uh, so it's I it's I mean Matthew Perry's death is sad, but. Not as sad as Anthony Bourdain's death. Anthony Bourdain's death makes me really sad. If we have to rank celebrity deaths, the guy from Lincoln Park, then Matthew Perry, then Anthony Bourdain at the top. Robin Williams' death was really devastating. Yeah, how long ago was that, though? Like, how long ago was that? Uh, It was before Anthony Bourdain's. I think suicide is always the saddest. But don't you consider if someone like takes a bunch of pills and like falls asleep in a hot tub and drowns, isn't that like a suicide? It's like it's accidental, I guess. It's, it's not accidental. purposeful. It's kind of like Heath Ledger's death. Yeah, kind of like and, and same with Whitney Houston and Brittany Murphy, where you're kind of like, 
they were in a bad spot. But they didn't say, I want to end it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the ones where it's like very intentional, like gunshot, yeah. hanging, whatever. Those this went dark. Yeah, those are the ones that are really super sad, and, and you know, and it's sad because like someone like uh, Robin Williams, what a light, like just what an amazing, funny, great person, and it's just it, it's it's sad. It's sad that he's he's gone. That that light's gone. With someone like Matthew Perry, I mean, I think that's the. Matthew Perry is kind of in the same boat as like, you know, uh, Heath Ledger, Philip Seymour Hoffman, where it's sad, but was it preventable? Was it traumatizing? It's just kind of like, yeah, it's just, it's sad. It shouldn't have happened. What a downer. I know you really brought it. You brought us down. That how was did, how you, did I do that? Because you were I just like, brought up, I just brought up friends. No, friends you were is like, a great show. No, you brought up Chandler. You were like, what do you think about Chandler? It's just that sad. I said chandelier. <laughs> I said, what do you think about this Chinandler chandelier? Bong? Did you bring up Chandler Bong? <laughs> <laughs> you misheard me, and you just took it down a bad road, man. God, I w- I was. I know this is sad. Heath Ledger's death was really sad because we were living. See, in, death again. I, I know I can't get shake it now. Heath, we were living in New York when Heath Ledger died. When he died in New York, and I remember I was sitting at a city council meeting. There was something about like cable network access for college New York sports. City Council? You were at a New York City Council meeting? It was a, a borough meeting. Mm. And it was about, uh, yeah, like, it was like a sports network client that I had. I don't even remember. Oof. I was sitting, it. I was up in the Bronx. I remember I was sitting up in the Bronx. I was in this big room, this big auditorium, and I got a notification on my phone that Heath Ledger had died. And I I remember I started crying. I was sitting there and I was like really? I was wiping tears off of my eyes. I was really, really sad about it. I was really sad about it. And I remember I kind of had to get up and go to the bathroom to put some water on my face. Because I didn't want people to think that. The because consultant... you were connected to him through what? A Knight's Tale? No, I had really loved him in Ten Things I Hate About You. Of course. Where and, he had, where he was working out his American accent and you could tell it was really bad. Uh, it was his, really bad. It was so bad. It didn't even make any sense, but no one gave a shit because he was so cute. <laughs> and it, it was a shitty matter. movie and nobody cared. Hey. Oh, look what he has to come say. Sorry, the cat was trying to scratch uh, on the couch as a scratching post. Now, here's the deal. Everyone listening right now, if you're listening right now, you need to go to Apple Podcasts and you need to give us not just a five-star review. How many stars? Five. Four stars? I don't know. The top stars. As many stars as you can give. Five stars. But also, write a little comment there that we can use to talk on this podcast about your feedback and your input. Thank you for listening. Share this with a friend. Share your your favorite podcast that we've done so far with a friend. Give us stars. Give us comments. Give us material with which to keep talking. Because if you don't give us ideas, then we will have radio silence. And no, that we'll will just be, make it up. Yeah, we'll just say, hey, uh, Steffi said X, Y, and Z, and she didn't, but we will assert that she did. Yeah, but Steffi actually listens to the podcast, so she would know if we were... And so she should go to Apple Podcasts, <laughs> give us five stars, and forward her favorite episodes to like a friend. I feel like the point is, like, Darren and Steffi are our main contributors right now. We should just have them on the show. They are called super fans, and they we are. embrace them. 
and we might have t-shirts made. Send us your t-shirt sizes, oh and we will send you t-shirts. No, I think, I think we'll probably do, not t-shirts, t-shirts are lame. We'll probably do like winter scarves or mugs. Mugs. Camp mugs. Camping mugs. We'll do camping mugs. We are going to do camp mugs, like the, the, the little like tin, you know, those, those little quaint, cute camping mugs. We're going to do camping mugs. And you will only get one if you give us five stars and a comment and send us an email to ourdailyredpod at gmail.com. That's it. That's the tweet. Oh, my gosh. Do you look how cute he is right now? He's burying his... (laughs) You were trying to talk over it. He's burying his face in my arm right now and purring. This cat. Stop rolling your eyes. Okay. Anyway, hey. Are we, Are we good? good? Hey, I was going to say that. No, I did it before you got to it. Because <laughs> I think it's the most awkward part of the podcast. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. I'm super emotionally needy. Can you just like confirm that we're we're good? That you're not going to leave me? See, I don't think about it that way. I think about it like, <laughs> are we done here? Are we good? We, we figured it out? That's what I think about oh, it. Oh, is that how you're saying it? Like, hey, we're good with the end of the podcast? Yeah. Like, well, no. I think it's a double oh. entendre. I think it's double entendre. I think it's... I think entendre? It's, yeah, it's a double entendre. <laughs> I think it's like... Oh. It could be... Inter- like, let's say we really got into it. We, we And you're upset with me. I could be like, hey, I are we good? I could never go- be upset with you. I love you always and forever. It could be like, hey, hey, are we good? Or it could just be like, are we done here? Hey, are we good? And so I think that most of the time we're going to do it that way because we're never really that upset. We, like, honestly, that's our little like conceit that we get in arguments, but we really don't. Look at this baby. Is he staring at you? No, he's staring like, like at my oh elbow. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Yeah, so, we're good because I, I want to like close up so I can get back to my Hunger Games yeah, book. So All right. Love you. Love you. Mwah.